One of the most challenging and interesting and insightful conversations to have with, with patients uh, is really the one around intimacy. You know, really understanding what is that core relationship that's probably having the biggest impact on your life, the one that you don't really want to talk about, but the one that you know is kind of nagging at you to get right, the one that is impacting probably your mood on a daily basis, how you feel supported or how you feel loved or how you feel confident even. You know, the, the conversation around intimacy is such an important one. Yeah, and think of the layer that I would add on to that is connected mm -hmm. and feeling that connection and often someone, you know, comes in and I see more of the, the women and they, when they speak about intimacy, it's often from a very different lens than the men that you see. Yeah. But what it always comes down to is there is a lack of intimacy with self mm -hmm. and that connection with self. So it's always interesting to watch somebody or even for our own selves to unravel that and just become more connected to our own self so that we can connect to another human. Yeah, and so as you know, we love to talk about hormones and how those shifts in the hormonal system can also play a significant role on in intimacy and, and keeping that connection uh, strong. So we're gonna dive into that uh, and a whole lot more. Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. So how would you define intimacy? Like what, is that, what does that mean to you when you hear that word? Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a really great question. Um, I think historically intimacy meant sexual interaction and just being you know, intimate with one another in a romantic kind of way. Um, but what I've come to understand, maybe it's just more time in marriage and more time with kids and more time with myself. The intimacy is a much broader conversation and it's and I think it's being able to listen and really understand where someone else is coming from uh, I think it's being able to listen to yourself even and what are the what are the true messages that are coming out um, and so intimacy I think starts with actually listening and then I think it's it's a, a much more in, um, intimate conversation around how one another might show up in a relationship. And I mean, there's so much to say on that, but I, I guess my understanding of in intimacy really has evolved over time, where one, it was purely f maybe more physical in my understanding of it, and now it's so much more than that. It's emotions, it's, it's definitely physical as well, but it's also um, you know, in communication and connection and like obviously cozy time to just being willing to be there for somebody and also being willing to be there for yourself when you're getting those messages of something's not working well in any aspect of your life and then are you willing to just quiet enough to really listen to that message mm -hmm. uh, what does it mean for you yeah when i think of the definition i feel like it's um, informed by how we were brought up and 
cultural upbringing, how it was spoken about, how it was modeled. So from there, we start to define what intimacy is, and probably not in a conscious way at all. It's more through relationship with others that we start to reflect on like what that actually means to us and the feeling that we receive from um, being intimate with somebody else. So I would say growing up, it was a very different definition. And just like you, it's evolved over time. But when I think about intimacy, I think about closeness and connection. So we can be intimate with our partners, with our family, with our friends, with our children. And it's all going to look different, um, but the feeling is very much the same. And there might be more deeper connection, of course, with our partners, but I feel like the underlying tone of intimacy is just how do we get more connected? What would you mean when you said, like, it's the same? Like, what does that mean? Because I feel like intimacy, the feeling that it brings is feeling of connection. Mm. So if I'm in a conversation with a girlfriend and my oxytocin is going up, I'm feeling really connected and I'm feeling really heard and I'm feeling really safe, to me that is intimacy. Mm-hmm. And if I'm feeling the same thing with you, but there's obviously different layers to our intimacy, there's, going, there's a deeper knowing and deeper connection because of how close we are as a couple. Mm-hmm. So, but the general feeling, I feel like what we're searching for in intimacy is connection. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about sort of like an avatar, talk about from... Um, maybe a male feeling dis or like a husband feeling disconnected to his wife and uh, it's sort of like a loose patient story that i thought would be an interesting way to frame more the sexual intimacy and then we can you know kind of expand from there so you know picture this uh, a couple in their you know late 30s to early 40s um, they have a child they're both busy doing their own thing with work um, you know life with kids is a very challenging and time-consuming, <clears throat> energy-depleting experience on top of life. They, they, you know, intimacy as far as physical intimacy, sex essentially is going down. Um, it's maybe been weeks or months in between, you know, actually being physically intimate with their partner. Um, the man speaks to me from this lens of, you know, it must be her testosterone. You know, she, she needs to build her testosterone up. She's um, just not, you know, interested in me anymore. Um, I'm feeling, you know, rejected. I'm feeling like she should be more intimate with me. I've got a high sex drive, so she needs to be this certain way. Um, what can we do to help her to increase her testosterone so that, so that we can be more intimate? And there's so much dialogue around like what's actually going on here but on the very surface level there's someone who's um, from the man's perspective or the husband's perspective he doesn't feel like his partner has enough hormonal energy to meet his sexual demands and and all the feelings that come from that from rejection to lack of connection to um, you know that closeness and and having that be a really, imp- like, why doesn't she feel like it's a really important part of the relationship? Why does he feel like it is? Um, I mean, there's so many different things that are, that are going on in that, just in that one conversation. But what comes to mind for you when you hear a story like that? Well, one, that there's so many layers to it. That, yes, hormones are obviously a huge 
part of it, but what is informing the hormones and what is informing that moment or that season in their relationship? Are they in the season where there's young kids and there's so much energy output for um, his partner that by the end of the day, if she's got like kids that are breastfeeding and another kid that she has to change diapers and there's a toddler running around and all day there's this huge output of energy that at the end of the day, all she wants to do is to feel just a moment to herself and in her body where no one's taking anything from her. And I think my conversations um, that I've had with women, and yes, intimacy brings connection. I know you were gonna say that because I could. No, no, I, I, was, I was actually <laughs> just wanting you to clarify that a little bit more. So when you're nursing. Because you said like nothing, I think you said something like, can't take anything more from me. Yeah. Yeah, like that's a really interesting way of saying yeah. it. Yeah, so, because in like, that moment when you're so fatigued, when there's so much overwhelm, when all day, like again, if you're a nursing mom, it's like your body's whole... Um, let's, let's, say that I, let's say in this situation, she's not a nursing mom. Right, but that's who I'm speaking to at the moment. <laughs> that was my example. Right, okay. <laughs> she's a nursing mom okay, at this moment. Okay, she mom. can be a nursing this mom, is the that's season, fine. Right now. <laughs> So, because you wanted me to ask, answer the question sure. about the depletion. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, so in that moment, they're feeling so depleted that mm. to like give any more energy output, yeah. and for a woman, often that's what intercourse can feel like, right. is there's an output of energy instead of receiving, yeah. even though we know there is receiving. Maybe, but maybe not. But like, maybe not. I mean, there could be a relationship where it's very much like the man just gets to you know release and he feels great. Right. And maybe the woman isn't actually receiving. Like right. that's a whole so other dynamic. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. there's layers, right, yeah. that are informing that moment. And so then it's hard for her to bring that energy up in order to be physically intimate. And then another layer to that is what we talked about before is the upbringing. So is there any shame around intimacy? And mm -hmm. this could be not a nursing mom, like any anyone, any woman um, in her reproductive years or even afterwards, but. Um, what was the upbringing like and what was modeled around intimacy? How was sex talked about in the home and what was yeah. the idea around it? That is also going to inform those moments. Because everything that we feel or do is from that lens of emotion, like you use the word rejection. Mm -hmm. So if a partner feels rejected, there's going to be linked to that a little bit of anger probably, um, maybe even guilt, resentment. like there's resentment, there's all these things that are, yeah. yeah connected to that feeling, but until we recognize, okay, what is actually happening? Like, what's the actual reality of the moment? Mm -hmm. um, and that comes from having the conversation with each other. Like, is it, is it your hormones? Like, do they feel tanked? Or is it that, you know, your digestive system is off and you're feeling bloated all day and the last thing you want to do is be seen mm -hmm. um, without any clothes on mm -hmm. because you're not feeling sexy, you're not feeling good about yourself. Yeah. So if a That's woman's a not, really important point. It's I think. huge. And I think that men really don't see that. No. Because I think men, like, especially, like, I can speak from my personal experience. To me, you are just beautiful in any state. Like, right. I just so love you dearly, and I'm so attracted to you. And you could be wearing sweats and have a Kleenex hanging out your nose. Right. <laughs> you, Such you a good visual you're yeah, giving no, no, everyone. Like, no, I don't, but it's like... That, that to me, I could still be super attracted to you. Do right. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but in my and, mind, yeah, exactly. but it's I think completely that's, opposite. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting because when, when there's such a strong um, physical attraction to your partner, um, 
the, the husband, I guess, or the person who's feeling that really could care less or is not interested uh, or is not paying attention to the fact that the other person may not feel attractive, may not mm -hmm. feel sexy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's, that's huge. Yeah. And so what would it take to have that conversation? Does, yeah, I does think, a woman feel safe saying that to him? Well, that's just husband? it. Yeah. So I think safety is a huge, because depending on the story that we're telling ourselves in that moment, mm -hmm. And if we're feeling guilt that we don't have the same drive or guilt that I can't be in that same space or that same energy as my partner, then do I feel safe enough to say those things and not feel like I'm not giving him what he needs in that moment or giving the relationship what it requires for connection? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think to be able to have those conversations outside of those moments where you're desiring it right away, mm -hmm. but just to have like... Intimacy meetings, I don't know what you want to call them, but maybe like it's once that. like a check-in yeah. once a week of like, where are things at? Like what, what are stress levels like right now? So for women, um, and I know I'm generalizing, mm -hmm. but we need to feel heard and feel safe. And we almost need a little bit of that like emotional foreplay for a couple of days mm -hmm. before the physical catches up to that. Whereas because of the way men's hormones work, you guys can access that very quickly. Mm -hmm. Whereas we can't like we're, we've talked about before, like we're in so many directions in that moment. So even in that moment of intimacy, many women are not present in their body. Yeah. Their minds are doing the to-do list or any of that. There's times where I remember, I think even last night, I could feel you coming closer to me, but in my mind, I'm like, it's 10.30, I need to go to bed. I haven't been sleeping for many, many weeks. I'm just gonna shove over here on the side oh, and turn around, because I just, I need to sleep. Yeah. Um, so I think, there's so much going on in our minds, yeah. whereas for, and you can speak to this, of course, more than I can, but for the male physiology, it's like, once you're in the moment, you're in the moment. Yeah, that's funny, that's what you brought up last night. I mean, because in my mind, <laughs> I was like, great, she's coming to bed, I can snuggle with her. If something more happens, even better. Right. But it's funny that you, could, you can obviously pick up on that. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, <laughs> do you think that you always know We'll go back to this mystery couple, but this is just really interesting for me. Do you think you always know when, uh -huh. when I'm trying to come close to you and maybe initiate some, uh -huh. some connection? Yeah. 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 And, and when it's, well, the roles are reversed, it's very obvious when you're interested. Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's so like, far in between. Right. Because it will, yeah. Because in yeah. our relationship, it's, it's tend to, I tend to be the one that's initiating more. Mm -hmm. Okay. So without TMI, yeah, yeah. Um, let's go back to this couple, you know, this this scenario, and I'm I would love for you to speak to what the man is feeling, and then I can try to speak to what I think the woman is feeling. Mm. So um, what I would assume mm -hmm. that he is feeling is like, of course, rejected, yeah. and then that brings on feelings of insecurity. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think when kids come into the picture, there's this interesting thing that happens in a relationship where men maybe don't feel taken care of as maybe they were <clears throat> before kids. So there's those two huge factors of rejection and insecurity mm -hmm. and not feeling like met where he's needed. Anything else? No, I think those are Those are the big, big ones? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's sort of like breaking down what's going wrong f for the man, possibly. 
But what do you think the man is feeling? Like specifically, like there's desire there. Yeah. And so and maybe he's an men. expectation maybe. So like what what if you could put a man's hat on and look through what he's experiencing without actually like cuz you what you said was probably the core wounds that the man is feeling. But what if you could just step inside the male brain and and actually think what he's thinking? What would you see? Well, I would say then maybe the physiology is taking over and it's this caveman <laughs> experience see, see, of spreading his seeds. <laughs> see, look, look, look at what you're saying, because what you, it's like you, what I'm asking you to do yeah. is to look through the man's eyes, not uh -huh. dissect his insecurities or right. like what's wrong with what he's right. thinking or not even what's wrong, but like, like how it's breaking down for him. I just want you to see if you can step inside the man's brain to and imagine you're looking through, even through my eyes at you what do you think I'm actually thinking? Not diagnose me. <laughs> well, I mean, for you, me doing that with you is different because I know you, so I know okay, for so you it's connection. Avatar. Okay. Right? But then, yeah, I don't know. Like, all I can speak to is the emotion that I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, the, the reason I wanted to have a dialogue kind of like this is because I think this is a really interesting way of, of learning from one another. And because I think you hit something really important that, that strikes resonance with me, and that is um, be, because of my hormonal swing, I can be literally like so engrossed in a book and loving what I'm learning and get really excited, and then maybe like 20 minutes later I can look over at you and like, God, she's beautiful. Like, um, maybe there's a chance for us to be romantic later, or maybe there's a chance. I'm sure the word romantic comes up. It's not romantic, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, okay. Maybe there's a chance for us to, to be intimate right. later. Mm -hmm. um, and, that, and then that could last for like five minutes, 10 minutes. Maybe it's there for like 20 minutes. I'm trying to navigate like, what are all the steps? To get there? <laughs> to, to get there. <laughs> yeah. And it's really, it's very involved. There's like, there's scenarios, there's stories going on inside my, inside my head to awaken that something in you. Right. Right? So I just think it's interesting. You're having a really difficult time to, uh -huh. to like look through. But then, so when you describe that, yeah. that describes to me that like the caveman scenario yeah, that yeah, I just did. Because you're diagnosing me though. This is like. <laughs> That's like, the only thing I know how to do. <laughs> so then in my mind, it goes straight to okay, what trauma has he had? Yeah, exactly. How was but, he rejected when you. he was little? Right, the bit like this is what I'm trying to get you to do is to actually just like forget everything you know for a sec. If you could just like put yourself into that, that husband's persona, what do you think that you, you would see? And play it out. See, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. Well, what if you could just be in the experience of, of what that, that man is Maybe feeling? Maybe frustration, because that's what I'm feeling right now. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's frustration, okay. Maybe not like, getting what he wants. The, now you're diagnosing me again. <laughs> so I don't know that I don't know what you're actually wanting. Okay, so what I'm trying to get you to do is, because what I think is interesting is is literally this: what this the challenge that we're having right now with seeing through the other person's okay, no, eyes. So then tell me. Tell you what? What the experience is. I just, well, I told you some. I just told you that. You know, if, if I'm um, feeling very attracted to you into a moment, I'm literally creating 
scenarios in my head. But what's happening in your body then? Like, isn't that that whole statement of um, the physiology is taking over? So then the brain and the body is trying to do whatever it can to yeah. meet that requirement. Yeah, that's fine. But that's a very like scientific way of describing things. Yeah. And, and what I was, I guess, hoping for, for people to appreciate if they're listening to this is that like we see the other person completely different. And, and yes, there's a whole diagnosis that, that can go along with that. Like, yeah, inner, inner child trauma to, you know, like feeling rejected, like all those things. Like that's, that's the way to analyze it. But I'm just trying to help people to see just the challenge that it takes to be the, on the other side and literally put yourself in that person's shoes. Because I thought it'd be interesting for me to try that on as a woman. Mm, okay, let's go. Well, okay, for, <laughs> first of all, is there anything, like, does that make sense what I'm asking? Uh-huh. Like, to not psychoanalyze it, not like, but just to like, what would that possibly feel like to be in the other person's shoes? Because I think that that's important for couples mm -hmm. because most of the time, couples are just looking through their point of view and they're diagnosing their other person. Mm-hmm. They're, they're saying, what's wrong with that person, essentially? Like, this is why they're behaving that way. Mm -hmm. But we, we haven't, as a couple, maybe, or people listening, haven't really looked through that other person's lens. Mm -hmm. and, and yes, there's for sure a physiological, hormonal, you know, craving maybe at a very physical level that's going on. And there's, um, there's other things too. So that's, right. that's the experiment that I was trying to, you right. know, engage in so that people can hopefully mirror that at home and like, what does it really feel like to be in that other person's shoes? Mm -hmm. So anyways, anything come to mind? If not, I'll, I'll try it to be a, yeah, you try in your now. shoes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I'll take a, now are we pretending that I want to be intimate or I'm just sort of, sort of having know. experience you're just, you're just having okay experience in in me in you okay so I'm I'm coming into the kitchen and um, you know myself you know I'm seeing through your eyes is sitting at the table and let's say that um, I'm imagining that there's like there's a to-do list that's like endlessly long and probably somewhere on that list is a desire to be intimate for for me, like it's weird to talk about me like that, but for, for my husband, let's just say, let's call him that. And um, it's somewhere in there. You know, there's times in the day where I, I notice my husband and he's looking good. Um, but like, it's, it's not from like a sexual point of view, like, oh, I, I really appreciate that my partner takes good care of himself. That, that's, that's important to me. He'll be with me for hopefully a long time because he puts his health first. That's great. Okay, on to other things. There's the kids, there's all the things that are going on with the kids. Um, I'm thinking about play dates, I'm thinking about like organizing activities. I'm thinking about what's happening a month from now, two months from now. I'm thinking about a family trip that we're gonna take together. I'm thinking about um, what am I gonna make for dinner tonight. I'm thinking about my book. I'm thinking about all the things I have to do for work. I'm thinking about the patients. I'm thinking about, thinking about, thinking about, thinking about, thinking about. And, and I'm holding all these things. And oh, wait a second, I can see that my husband's looking at me like a little bit longer than he normally <laughs> does. And uh oh, oh shit, like I'm <laughs> juggling all of these things right now. What the hell is going on? No, oh, no, no, you're not, right? No, you're not, sir. You, you keep your distance. And nothing is going to be happening tonight. 
because I'm juggling a lot of stuff right now. Okay, yeah, you do that well. <laughs> and we, we can sit here, you can have my feet and you can massage my feet, no problem. You can massage my feet. We are cuddling because you are massaging my feet. Everything is good. I'm here, I'm drinking my tea, I got my blanket on, we're good. You keep, wow. your, you keep your hands at the feet. You can maybe massage the ankles a little bit, but that's as far as it goes. And uh, yeah, so that would be like my interpretation <laughs> of what's going on in, in your world on, on, on a somewhat regular basis. And then maybe a breakthrough, maybe a breakthrough to physical intimacy. Yeah, maybe around ovulation where you find the window. Yeah, yeah, I'm on, I'm yeah. on ovulation now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm feeling good. I did some amazing workouts. My, oh, I'm feeling much more grounded. I did meditation. I'm, I'm feeling very like productive. I got some stuff done and I checked some boxes. Oh, it feels really good. I sent off some tea to some of my clients. That feels great. I'm feeling rewarded. I'm feeling more energy. Um, oh, he smells kind of good today. Wow, that's, that's a first. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. He's usually like, smells like curry. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with curry. <laughs> Nothing wrong with curry. And you know what? Like, if he comes close to me, I, I, might, I might actually be interested. And, uh, you know, maybe that's you around ovulation. Yeah. What, what do you think? Yeah, I guess you know me well. <laughs> there we go. So that, yeah. I think it's an interesting exercise because mm. if, if others can hear this, couples can hear this, they can go like, oh, wait a second. I don't need to feel rejected. Mm -hmm. I don't need to feel bad about what she's feeling. She's like, she's juggling a ton of different things. Yeah. I'm on her list. That's all I need to know. I'm good with that. Right. I'm good that like somewhere in her day, she's actually thought about me in a more intimate kind of way, but it's like, it's not as important as maybe it would be around ovulation. It's not as important as maybe it would be on a day where I've really taken care of myself and feel really nurtured. And I, I feel, I feel beautiful in my body because I did nurture myself. I ate really good. I got some good sleep. I recover well. The kids aren't, you know, too irritating right now because, you know, they're, they're listening really well and they're being really playful and supportive. And I'm, you know, I'm not having to like negotiate their moods. So then does that create a scenario where everything on the outside has to be a certain you way? You tell me, you tell me, <laughs> you tell me. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause maybe that's, yeah. You know, well, I think it's how the outside scenario impacts the internal feeling and experience. Yeah. yeah. Can you explain that more? So if um, things are going well, like you're feeling grounded, mm -hmm. that's going to elicit more um, GABA in the body, more progesterone, like the hormones that help us feel steady and calm and grounded and um, really good and connected within. Mm -hmm. So I do think there's a bit of an element of that, but then the reliance on that, um, I think there just needs to be a reflection of like, am I dependent on everything to be in perfection in order for me to access intimacy or can I feel connected throughout my day in other ways so that I can access it? Are you, are you speaking from your perspective now? Yeah. 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 So, in that world of, of kids and the to-do list that's like endlessly long. Um, and maybe for some it's not kids, it's a career. Yeah, yeah, right? totally. It, yeah. Can be, it can be anything else. Whatever, whatever is accessing a, a significant amount of your bandwidth in the day. Mm -hmm. um, is there room for spontaneity? Mm -hmm. Or is it more important, like on this conversation of intimacy, that doesn't, again, it's not just that it's physical, but um, a way to really stay connected is to, you know, 
it's something that we've been doing more regularly is have more regular check-ins, mm -hmm. like communication check-ins around life and different things. Um, and scheduling that, I think, is mm -hmm. important. Yeah, I think it just everything just goes back to feeling connected. Because when we're in the to-do list, when we're in the, the rush of the day, when we're um, just accessing more of our stress hormones, we're feeling disconnected. Mm -hmm. So the moment we can just take, even if it's five minutes of like sitting down and having your coffee and tea together in the morning, that's creating um, some sort of ritual and routine that's going to help support connection even amongst the chaos. So I think if you have more points of that, then from, again, speaking from my own like women perspective, I feel more cared for, more, more heard, more connected and like safer so that even if I'm feeling a little bit like off in my belly or whatever it might be uncomfortable in my body, maybe I can communicate that if we're going to be intimate or whatever it is and feel safe to do that. And I think that in itself grows more connection and intimacy with a couple too because mm -hmm. they're understanding each other even more. Well, you're, you're giving some really important information, um, I think, for, for men to hear, mm -hmm. you know. And hopefully, like, the, the playful way that we were sort of trying to role play a little bit is helpful, too, because I think it's so important to be able to try to look through our partner's eyes and heart. And, and um, because I think when we're feeling, like, let's say we as in whoever that is, I mean, because the scenario we brought up around the man feeling like his, his wife, the husband feeling like his wife isn't, has lost her desire, that rejection, all that stuff, it can obviously go the other way too mm -hmm. right like that, that can also be the wife's experience of the husband mm -hmm. and and I think beyond that is like fear of losing the love mm -hmm. so um, if we've attached a certain type of intimacy um, to the definition of love then if that intimacy is in there say again bringing up that season in a couple's life when they have young kids maybe the mom is still healing from giving birth for 48 hours and now is nursing, not sleeping for months. Like there's so much that goes on. But if we've attached that physical intimacy to a love, healthy relationship, even, even. What do you mean? Like oh, the, the, yeah, love, that that's it, what healthy exactly, relationship exactly. is. Then if that's not there, then we're gonna feel like oh, she doesn't love me anymore. Mm -hmm. But if we have other points of intimacy and connection, then we keep that connection alive. Yeah, and the reason I think it's so important because. I mean, we know the divorce rate is cra crazy high. It's mm -hmm. like, what, 50% or something like mm -hmm. that. And so I think so many stories can be created that, that become like the huge elephant in the room that, that no one can really talk about. And people are feeling so vulnerable and have expectation of feeling rejection. It's a really painful place to communicate. Because, and you've probably been sitting in that emotion and it's growing, it's building, and it's gotten heavier and more challenging. And it, and then, and then at some point, there's this like, explosion, this blow up of like, you know, you're not meeting my needs, and you don't love me, or you, you, don't, you don't see me in the way that I see you. And like, there can be so much challenge with that, because I think that feeling doesn't get addressed, or the, those, those intuitions, that the, the sensation of what's going on in the relationship isn't getting regular enough dialogue. Because I think like, you know, just like we do schedule our weeks and our kids' soccer events or whatever, like creating time to actually just communicate is so critical. So, so that hopefully in those times when we know something is coming, we can like let off a little bit of steam. We can get rid of some of that excess baggage because uh, as I know even for myself, I can like 100% think that things are happening in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And like 
I might have 50% of that truth, but in my mind, it's 100%. And then when we actually dialogue on it, it's like, oh shit, I had like a tiny bit of that right, but like most of it is completely wrong. And, and I don't see with, without creating other forms of intimacy, how could you possibly move beyond, you know, that stuckness in a relationship from a physical point of view? Like that communication needs to be there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what have you seen um, happen with men if they don't, um, maybe their, their relationship isn't at that point where they're connecting and communicating and he's feeling rejected or he's feeling off like what are some challenges that you've seen yeah i mean this may be a surprise for people maybe not but most of the men that i work with are are have some level of addiction to pornography and are really stuck in this place of like they're not getting their needs met maybe maybe they're like there could be so many different reasons for why that is that could have just been a habit they adopted early on you know, this, this, these hits of dopamine, this, this rush, this feeling of like this imaginary, essentially person that I'm seeing on magazine, you know, movie, maybe in, inside my mind uh, is accepting me. And, and I can be intimate with that, you know, virtual reality essentially and have a release and, and feel like, um, you know, my needs were met, you know, like this, you know, whatever it is that's going on, but I can't tell you, it's just, it's a really high percentage of, of my male population that has this psychology, this, this practice, this interference really in intimacy. Because there, wherever there is, that, that, that um, addiction or the attachment to pornography becomes the relationship that they can escape to. And it's like there, they're, ne- they're never rejected, right. right? And so when that becomes a stronger and more real experience of, of what they're interpreting as love, that's where I think there's a huge amount of disentanglement from their partner. Mm-hmm. Right? And what is that doing to their physical body too? Yeah, I mean, to hormones. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, if you look at any addiction, it's these quick hits of the saturation and dopamine in this experience you're feeling this high and then you're feeling massive crashes because that's the reality with with addiction it's like it's meeting the needs of the moment and then it's this like huge drop off whereas building intimacy in a relationship it's like this gradual build it's and it's and it dec- it doesn't decline as rapidly mm-hmm. And I think that's significant because we're constantly going to be chasing that much greater buildup of testosterone and dopamine in those, you know, intimate moments with ourself or with pornography. Then, and and it's just such a different experience when it's um, being shared with someone mm-hmm. you you truly love. Yeah, and this is spoken about a lot in Chinese medicine. Right? Oh, like for the, sure. The yeah. kidney depletion, or yeah. the energy of the kidney, or like the Ayurvedic life force. too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to describe that a little bit? I don't know the details of Ayurveda, so I can't, but like... Well, like it's, um, I mean, Chinese medicine is like kidney jing, right? Yeah. But in Ayurvedic medicine, like the most potent fluid that's created in the body oh, like the they, is the ojas, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like from the different tissue development of, of sophistication or energy levels or what have you. In Ayurvedic medicine, they talk about it going from like blood to like connective tissue to eventually this ojas, which is like seminal fluid or 
semen or you know um, lubrication uh, vaginal lubrication for for women but that's like that's the most potent highest vibrancy um, tissue that's built in the body and so that you know from that Chinese well, it medicine carries life. it carries life yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean like let's not belittle it it's, yeah. it's so significant mm-hmm. and then and so many of our, our male patients that do have this attachment to pornography they're constantly releasing this most potent form of, of you know, their vitality on such a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And, and then they're, you know, they're not connecting the dots to why they're feeling depleted, why they're feeling you know, low testosterone, why they're feeling like they can't really connect, and why they're depressed. always searching, right? Mm-hmm. They're always searching for maybe a new relationship because they're not feeling that sense of fulfillment. Um, you know, and yeah, depressed too. Yeah. Yeah. So then how do, so we have two boys mm-hmm. and how do we start having these conversations with our like young teens mm-hmm. around intimacy so that they kind of move into their mm-hmm. relationships with a bit of a knowing of mm-hmm. one, their like physiology and um, how it works and what gets depleted, but also defining intimacy for them in a way, one, there isn't shame around it mm-hmm. and they're feeling safe and also so that um, they just have a deeper understanding of uh, intimacy within a relationship, whether it's your partner in that moment or um, friendships and things. Um, All I can say is from my personal experience, I think like a a framework for understanding male and female relationships, that one of the most impactful messages that I ever received was that every woman is either your sister, your mom, your aunt, you know, is, Every woman to you is someone who is like a family member and you would never treat your sister with such disrespect as to like, you know, within our level of consciousness or awareness, we would never disrespect these people, nor would we chase or, or um, especially if we're in a relationship, you know, if we're in a relationship, you are my goddess, my queen, my everything. And everybody, no matter who that is in that female world, is my is my mom, my sister, what have you? But did you come to that realization when you were young? No, though? no. Yeah, that's, so what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, like, mm-hmm. so this is the, for whatever reason for me that framework just totally made sense because you are my number one priority. So we're in a relationship. You're my everything, and so nothing could ever come between us because everybody else is just a sister, or like mom or aunt or whatever to me. And that is a very, very firm line, and that's just that's just reality. It but how do we teach that to a hormonal, like thirteen, fourteen year old? Yeah. Um, if we say to our kids, "Okay, you guys, everyone's your sister." Yeah. Right? Like it's, that's not going to work. Well, okay, so what's right? the what's the energy of that though? Yeah. Is that's respecting? Yeah. No, right? and that's yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like I have often said that to them, in just about anyone in their life like really looking at it from a different lens of like they too have a family they too have yeah. a, their own story and all of that to have that empathy and that knowing that we must respect others mm-hmm. um and it's same goes for whether it's male 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 female yeah, it female matter. female it doesn't matter it's yeah. just the energy of that respect for the other and um teaching them also that the, this body this vehicle it's so sacred mm-hmm. And to share that with somebody else, it's a really sacred moment. Mm-hmm. And like, who do you want to share that energy with? Yeah. But again, bringing it into like a language that they're going to understand. But I think just continuously planting that seed for them so that 
they see how much sacredness there is in mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So. So how do you how do you how would you articulate that to to our boys? Well, that's I mean that's my question for you. Mm -hmm. I mean I came from a culture that we didn't even talk about these things. Right. Right. Like we weren't even allowed to date, so it yeah. wasn't even a. A conversation yeah but I'm curious as like a father that has yeah. two boys like mm -hmm. how are you going to communicate this well the first step is me modeling mm -hmm. absolutely you know and this is why a lot of their dialogue you know if, if they're acting goofy with you whatever I'm like this is your mom like when there's women in your life you respect them and and you cherish them and you do what you can to serve them and, and help them and so there's you know and that's that's not directly intimacy but that's just a love for people in general but also a, maybe a deeper respect for um, uh, someone who, who you don't maybe know as well you know you, you as a man I can relate more to other men because I'm probably there's a lot of shared experiences but I, I have less shared experiences with with women so you know if we can impart that um, for men, if they can be really deeply appreciative of the fact that there's people with different physiology than you completely, how can you like really try to understand them and serve them and, and be loving towards them? So modeling is one thing, I think. Uh, the other one is just having direct communication around. I mean, something that I would generally really like for our kids is to not be involved in a really you know intimate relationship until they're in their like 20s or what have you, so they can. Or, you know, there might be, I, say, I can't control any of this, but I think there's something really powerful about getting to the place where they really know themselves and they can really understand their own boundaries, their own self-love, their own self-intimacy so that they can really be their own person for when they're ready to have more of an intimate relationship. Because I know for, for me looking back, anytime I felt love from someone else, I lost myself in that experience. Whereas like I would give away my power. I wouldn't have boundaries. I would like just be so um, involved in the other person that I wouldn't have that self-respect to really maintain my own integrity and my own self-authority and, and knowing what was right for me and um, giving too much into a relationship too early. I think we, we don't really learn to know ourselves. And mm -hmm. so I think that would be, these would be the conversations. It's not as simple, like, I would say, da, 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 da. No, I know, it's, I mean? gonna, it's constant conversations and <clears throat> planting seeds, because we don't know yeah. how much they're going to hold on to, but I think the most important thing is to model working on yourself. Yeah. And um, having that connection and intimacy with self, so that when they do decide um, to have a relationship, that they know themselves so much that mm -hmm. they're able to move into that relationship with self-respect and not invite that person in to fill any sort of gap mm. that maybe they feel is missing in their life. But instead, they're already whole yeah. and they're inviting somebody into their experience of life. And again, whether they receive this at this stage, I mean, I think our boys are pretty like good at observing and knowing and just like hearing how they communicate. But I would say like just on average, young people aren't aren't thinking about these things like, no right so i, I think would, i definitely wasn't thinking no about so i think back, it's just more yeah. conversation and modeling is all we can really do to support them especially this pornography conversation that you're having because they may get exposed at some point but mm -hmm. if we've already had the conversation with them of what that does to somebody mm -hmm. then um 
they will have more of a knowing and understanding of what to do. Yeah. Yeah, and, and for sure they're going to be exposed to pornography at some point. And, um, all I can think of was for me reflecting back, that never, that was ne never felt real for me. Even I, I remember even in college, you know, some of our you know, basketball teammates would, would take the team to even a strip club and I, I never wanted to go. It's just, it felt so foreign and it felt so like the opposite of intimacy to me. And so, I mean, that's a hope for my boys is that, that they, you know, they maybe have that inner knowing that like this, this is just not real. And so I'm not interested in what's not real, mm -hmm. you know. And this is um, even emotional intimacy. Like we see things being modeled, say, in a movie mm -hmm. or on TV. And yeah. we have these then expectations of like that's what romantic intimacy or emotional intimacy is supposed to look like. Yeah. But often um, that's not reality yeah and so being able to question that is so important mm -hmm. yeah because it's easy like, like and then taking a, uh, an example of even um, you know uh, a marriage and then you can see like oh I really wish my partner would do that thing that that's happening on TV right <laughs> <laughs> and then it's funny but uh -huh. I, the reason I bring that up is I, I think it's so interesting that we can create stories around yeah. how things are supposed to be right based on like a small little fragment of, of reality that, that, you know, whether or not it's real. Right. Um, but we can implant that onto, onto yeah, our or own. Or that romantic novel that you read or right, whatever exactly. it could be. We can create stories from Red anywhere. Red Jamie as right. Outlander. <laughs> Outlander, <right>? yes. <laughs> this unrealistic expectation of a man. Like, how right. can it be that amazing yeah. if any of you watch Outlander? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what, what about you? Like, what are some things that, that women do that maybe take them to a world of fantasy? You brought in books, like mm -hmm. where they can feel like they're, they're experiencing that depth of connection that they're not getting because the man or their husband or whatever is clueless mm -hmm. to it. I think one thing that feels different, again, I'll speak from my own experience, is that I can gain intimacy with my girlfriends and call my sister mm -hmm. and have a conversation and have a laugh and have that and that feels really fulfilling mm -hmm. and connected because my hormone it's oxytocin and that's yeah. what needs to be met in any intimate um, relationship and so like that gets met in different ways like me hugging my boys my oxytocin goes crazy mm -hmm. so I think for women it's it is a little bit different Mm -hmm. And where we look for that, and I'm not saying this is for everyone, but I would say in general, we're able to access it in different ways. Mm -hmm. So we're not going out. Um, I don't know what the statistics are when it comes to pornography women. and women. Yeah. Um, but I did actually hear Jordan Peterson say one time that for men it's visual, and for women it is more um, literary, like reading it in mm. novels, and right. that's very like. That's an escape too, right? Yeah, that yeah. that also can be an escape. And so I think every human probably has a fantasy or mm -hmm. a version of what true love is supposed to look like or true connection, again, depending on what was modeled or maybe we saw one form being modeled and we want to make sure we do the opposite. But I think it's just constant, constant questioning mm -hmm. that it helps support, like, what is it that I actually need to feel that love for myself first? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a wish that we have for, for everybody. Yeah. To know thyself, you know, to, to be able to have that, um, that time to self-reflect on what's important and what, what's maybe driving our desire for intimacy, what's driving our, like, and what do we do about that? You know, what's, what's the outlet? Is it, you know, escaping a, our relationship? Is it, is it choosing to go within? 
you know, I think these are you know, big, big wants for everybody, especially mm -hmm. our boys, but like, mm -hmm. you know, definitely everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So just to sort of wrap up this conversation, you know, we started sort of talking about, um, you know, like this avatar, this couple of like not getting their needs, or needs, their, <laughs> their needs met. Um, like what, like what are like maybe three things um, that a couple could do to really start to dismantle some of the belief system around the relationship and to start creating intimacy? You know, what would you say yeah. would be three things? Well, one is creating that weekly check-in. Mm -hmm. so that you feel connected and can talk about all the things. I actually had a patient that used to tell me that every Friday they would sit across from one another and one person could say everything and anything that was going on, the other person was just receiving mm -hmm. and not analyzing, not talking about, like, giving their own opinion, but just saying thank you, and then the other person gets to speak. Mm -hmm. So having some, something like that that helps you feel connected to each other and then having your own space to feel connected with yourself Mm -hmm. So you can check in with you, like your nervous system, what's overwhelming you and what you can do to feel more connected with yourself. And then the third thing would be just to question the reaction that's happening in your body and in your mind. And maybe even like sitting together and defining what is intimacy, like what, what's the expectation. And mm -hmm. that could be maybe a love language test or whatever it might be, but just to like know each other a little bit more and how you can support each other. Yeah, I love that. If I could add a couple things, mm -hmm. one might be like definitely find a way to laugh together. Mm -hmm. I think laughter is so important in a relationship. Yeah, they can just listen to this over again in your imitation of <laughs> what right. it feels like to be me. Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah. fairly accurate, I would if yeah. I do say so myself. But I think, yeah, laughter, uh, physical movement mm. is huge. Yeah, and having experiences together. Right. Like, I know we thrive when we're yeah. exploring, and I think totally. that's why I love traveling. It's yeah. like, that's when we feel most connected, yeah. for having experiences. Yeah. yeah, you took the third one literally out of my mouth. Like, okay. that was that was mm -hmm. the third one, so, um, okay. Okay, yeah. Love you. Love you, too. So you may have been following us for a little while, or maybe you're brand new to our channel. Either way, we want you to have the opportunity to really deepen your experience of what you're learning. Either, you know, and again, maybe you've been a patient in our practice, maybe you worked with us virtually, you've done some of our courses, um, but we want to give you the opportunity to be in the fold of our community, to be with us more regularly, and that's the Health Ignited Club. Yeah, community is so important to us, and we learn so much from each other, and I think getting together when we do once a month, it just um, invites us to ask more questions about ourselves, about our journey, about our health, so we would love for all of you to join us there. Yeah, and you know, so much of our health plans are really dictated around life. Life is crazy, life is challenging, it's easy to fall off the wagon, so to speak. We've got a touch point each month and we've got resources for you in the membership portal. There's so much to keep you in, in the mo momentum and the motivation of, of really making everything that you're learning into a lifestyle practice. Mm -hmm. It's all about accountability and support. Yeah, so join us there at Health United Club. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health United Podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note, all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome.
welcome to the tribe. 